Hello, this is Pete Beck III with thirdpeter.com. Welcome to today's podcast, which is part of my series on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is the introduction. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a very important part of God's plan called the Great Commission. It is his means to empower and equip the church to do the work of the ministry. Why then? Is there so much ignorance regarding it? Why is it so often resisted? The devil works hard to keep the church from receiving this amazing gift called the promise of the Father. Let's begin our journey into greater understanding by reading our Lord's own words found in Acts 1 verses 4 and 5. And being assembled together with him, he commanded them, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. That's the New King James Version. There are 1,260 promises in the Bible, but only one has the special status of being called the promise of the Father. What is so special about this promise? Jesus commanded his disciples to refrain from public ministry until they received it. Therefore, it must be tremendously important. What is it? In this section, I will examine various aspects of the baptism of the Spirit. For now, I will give this definition upon which we can expand later. The baptism in the Spirit is a second experience with the Holy Spirit, which can take place concurrent with the new birth, but usually afterward. The Spirit comes to indwell every person who is born again to impart Christ's life provide an interior witness that we are God's children, provide guidance, and to teach us the meaning of God's word. The Holy Spirit is poured out on believers in the baptism in the Spirit to empower and equip us for service to God, especially to be his witnesses. Later, I will give the biblical basis for each of these assertions. For now, we will focus on the big picture. Jesus, the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. God chose John the Baptist to introduce Jesus to the world at the beginning of his public ministry and gave him prophetic insight into Jesus' identity and mission. John told us that Jesus, the Messianic son of David and Lord, would have two other key ministry roles. He would die as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. And after his resurrection and ascension into heaven, would baptize his followers in the Holy Spirit as the Lord of the harvest. The following passage records this prophecy. This is from John 1, 29 through 33. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away 
the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. That's the New King James Version. Every born again disciple has come to know Jesus as the Lamb of God who died for our sins. Fewer have grasped the enormity of his power and authority as the risen Lord of Lords, and still less have come to know him as the baptizer and the Holy Spirit and Lord of the harvest. Jesus, the eternal Son of God, died for our sins as the Lamb of God to become the Lord of Lords and the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He forgives men's sins to make them part of God's family and enroll them in his army of disciple makers. Consider that those who fail to receive the baptism in the Spirit are cut off from at least one third of Jesus's ministry. We rightly emphasize what Jesus accomplished by dying as God's lamb and rising again. In addition, his ministry of baptizing his followers in the Holy Spirit launched the church into into fulfilling the Great Commission and is vital to world evangelization and the expansion of God's kingdom. We dare not resist or ignore it. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is God's gift to his disciples, to equip and empower us to be effective witnesses. Without this amazing gift, we will not be able to complete properly our assignment to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Acts 1.8 records these words of our Lord, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. New King James Version. The full gospel. Declaring Christ's Lamb of God ministry is a foundation stone of the gospel message, but it is only one third of it. The announcement that Jesus is the soon to return messianic king and judge and the currently reigning Lord of the harvest and baptizer in the Holy Spirit is the other two-thirds. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is integral to the gospel and is God's means for effectively delivering the good news to the world. Jesus announced that his followers would receive the Spirit following his ascension and glorification. And I want to read these words of our Lord in John 7 verses 37 through 39. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. 
And he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Christ was not yet glorified. New American Standard Bible. God fulfilled this promise on the first New Covenant celebration of Pentecost that launched the church on its worldwide mission of disciple-making, which will continue until Jesus returns to raise the dead, judge all people, and inaugurate the conclusion of all things. The baptism in the Spirit is as fundamental to the gospel message as the new birth, the second coming, and the last judgment. Christ's miraculous coming, his virgin birth, his spirit-enabled ministry, his rejection and death, his resurrection, his ascension, his sending of the Spirit, and his promised second coming are all part of the gospel story, none of which we can leave out if we preach the full gospel. Part of the reason Jesus died was so that we can receive the promise of the Father, the baptism of the Spirit. And he was so excited about the prospect that he cried out to the throngs in the passage quoted above in John chapter 7. This is no small thing. Receiving what Jesus died to give us is not an option such as satellite radio on, on an automobile. This is part of the engine of the disciples' life. Israel's three feasts. God commanded Israel to observe three major feasts on a yearly basis or be cut off. These feasts represent the three major components of Christ's work. The old covenant feast of Passover foreshadowed his death on the cross as God's Passover lamb. The old covenant experience of Pentecost at Mount Sinai 50 days after the first Passover when the law was given, foreshadowed the giving of the Spirit 50 days following Christ's death and resurrection. Finally, the Feast of Tabernacles, which came at the end of the harvest year, predicts Christ's second coming and the final ingathering of people into God's kingdom family, which is yet to be fulfilled. Each feast was critical to God's plan for Israel and experiencing each new covenant fulfillment is a requirement for the believer. Unless we personally experience Passover through the new birth, Pentecost through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the Feast of Tabernacles through the resurrection of the dead, we cannot participate in the fullness of God's plan and blessing for us in Christ. Every true Christian will readily agree that experiencing the new covenant fulfillment of Passover and tabernacles is required. We understand that every follower of Christ must be born anew and raised from the dead. Why is it not equally obvious that the Feast of Pentecost must be experienced in its new covenant form as the baptism in the Holy Spirit? A doorway into more of God. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is also a doorway into experiencing some of the wonders of God's power and gifts, which are amazing tools for ministry. 
Can you imagine Jesus' ministry without his using supernatural gifts? Jesus relied on the Spirit to give him prophetic insight and the ability to heal, do miracles, raise the dead, and liberate the oppressed. Acts 2.22 The power and gifts of the Spirit do not make us better Christians in any judicial or moral sense, but they can make us more effective in representing God to lost people. God intends for the gospel to be transmitted in both word and power. 1 Thessalonians 1.5 He wants to work with his messengers through signs, wonders, and gifts of the Spirit to confirm the veracity of his word, Mark 16.20. The Lord wants all his servants to receive the promise of the Father, to equip us to do the work of ministry, Acts 1, 4, and 5. You can read more about this baptism of the Spirit and gifts in my book entitled Promise of the Father, which is available on Amazon. Thank you for listening.